Hey, 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 today my, whoa, you know what, let me change up the music a little bit. Today, my guest is author and inspirational speaker, Jonas Royster. He overcame a troubled past, including a few incarcerations, gang banging, and a serious alcohol addiction, and is releasing his second book with four more in the pipeline to do motivational speaking, trying to use his story, his struggles, and his successes to point out a roadmap to what is possible for those in similar situations. We talk about skydiving, bungee jumping, being a foodie, and lots of other things, and how to act and not act when in prison. So sit down, strap in, tune in, and turn up this recovered episode of Tony on the Mic. Our story begins as these stories often do. Here's My language tends to vary. Are we... Do, you're, be it's me? Not, it's not live. Be you. Okay. I'm interviewing you. Children tell our story. Listen to me. A, a success is a day where you don't get killed or caught. Correct. That was, that was a success. Killed or caught. Don't get killed. Don't get caught. You have no control who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Obviously, you know, I wasn't a smart criminal. No, um, no. I shouldn't have been doing it. Story, story, that one was just sad. See, now, I got to be honest. I was hoping you said elevating your hustle like the <laughs> dispensary, like you had a paper no, route. No. <laughs> no, I elevated to the stupid stuff, baby. right? Okay, all right. To the stupider stuff that could get you more time, right. assuming that I, it would get me more money that part you of my life prison, i like didn't you i did at no, the time no i listen when you think that's the pinnacle of that's your true. career that's true that's true right yep i hadn't even I, looked at it you that get way. what i'm saying like oh yeah. you go to prison you you made You've it made it right i'm the guy now right i have to say that's the most amazing story i ever heard good morning good afternoon good evening whatever time you listen to this fine podcast product my name is tony lawrence and this is tony on the mic today my guest is author and inspirational speaker, Jonas Royster. Say hi to the folks, Jonas. Hey, what's going on? Thank you, Tony, for having me, man. Oh, of course, of course. And Jonas Royster, right? Yeah. And let's plug your socials at the beginning and then at the end. How can how can people get a hold of you? Uh, Jonas Royster on all socials. So okay. on Instagram, Facebook. When you go on TikTok, though, we're going to do hood proverbs with hood a z proverbs with a z yeah you, you can tell okay. it's already here you put the z on it right once you put a z <laughs> <laughs> it changes it changes um well cool so check that out again we're gonna hit that at the end don't you know make sure everybody can find you find what they need to find we're gonna talk about your book and i guess you just finished another book i did um so we're gonna talk about both your books but first let's get to know you a little bit you went to mission bay high school here in san diego is that right i sure did tell me about high school uh, high school was fun. It was it was a unique experience, right? I got bust out, so I grew up in Paradise Hills, um, born and raised in San Diego. So I grew up in Paradise Hills, and then because I was so skinny, I was probably about a buck thirty five in Ooh. high school. <laughs> uh, I wanted to play football. I was good at football, but I knew going to Morris, I wasn't going to get any PT. You know, <laughs> yeah. so I started to venture. I'm like, what school no one goes to? And I was like, you know what? I closed my eyes. I saw that Mission Bay. I just won a CIF for baseball okay and i was like you know what i'm gonna go there all right and uh your parents were down with it moved you over no problem yeah they were like go ahead do whatever you want (laughs) just graduate (laughs) right 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 and uh you played football i played football yeah i played football i played basketball okay uh football was my love so i get there i get there my 10th grade year because i went to bell junior high you know that's when junior high went to ninth grade right yep (laughs) and uh but my first year at jv i broke my collarbone oh so then i was out there and i went in to play basketball i started my sophomore year at point guard um didn't play my junior year in basketball but played my senior year but played football all three years okay 
You play with a broken collarbone? How long did it take that to heal? Oh, that was the second week of the season. So Ooh. I came back last last game. Nice. Last Unless game. Unless you get to suit up. I got to suit up against uh, Uni. All right. Yeah, it was You fun. say that like a little rivalry. It was. They used to kick our butts all okay. the time. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like Grossmont and Helix. My boy, uh, my my son is the head coach of Grossmont. This oh, year. is that he right? Job. Congratulations. Yeah, uh, 27, I think, 27 years old. He's the youngest high, high school coach in the county right now. He went there. And then I'm coaching the girls flag football. First years of varsity sport. There you go. So, like father, like son. Yeah, it's um, it's a different journey. You know, he played he played uh, through college and he played over in Japan. Mm. And we didn't know Japan had a team. I played through high school. And funny story, we moved. I went to high school in South Carolina. We moved back to Chicago. And I went to Northwestern, or yeah, Northwestern College. And I didn't, I, no, I didn't go there. I went to the <laughs> campus. And their team was terrible. Denny Green was the head coach. Uh, they were like 0-10 one year. So I go, and I think I'm going to go walk on to Northwestern. And I go out to, they had a, an open tryout for students and everything. And I wasn't a student because I found out a couple painful lessons early. And it helped me manage expectations for the rest of my life. One, I am nowhere near a D1 athlete. Even on the worst ten, worst team in the, in the Big Ten, and I am nowhere near smart enough to go to Northwestern. Right. <laughs> so we made some adjustments, but you you live and you learn. So uh, after high school, what was your identity? What did people know? Are you popular kid? Do people know you? I, I, yeah, yeah. I want to. I would like to say some people knew me. I was okay. a popular kid, pretty much. H- however, there's there were those pockets, right? Because a lot of those kids that were there grew up in that neighborhood. So right. I was the new kid. However, I was a cool new kid. Okay. And so it was. And when you play athletics, you know how that is. Yeah. Okay. You know, you get to know people quickly. Yeah. Now, um, what was the the racial makeup of that school when you went? About I don't need exactly. You know what? It was, was it pretty diverse, or was no, it? No, it was predominantly Hispanic. Really? Blew I, my mind. I had no idea. I had no idea either until the second year I was there. They came out with a demographic and it said it was about fifty three percent Hispanic. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, I thought I was gonna be surfing with some people. <laughs> <laughs> Mission Bay, <laughs> yeah, Mission Bay. That's what I would think. And you are married. How'd you meet your wife? Oh, that's a that's a long, great story. I'll well, give, give, you the, the give, me the <laughs> give you the short version. short version. The short version is this: um, in my life, right? Um, by the time I was eighteen, after I graduated, I didn't know what I was gonna do. End up making some wrong decisions. Went to the county jail. Got locked up. Okay. Right. The judge said, "Mr. Royster, you have a pretty good record. You have a pretty good." I showed him all my grades. He said, "Well, if you go, if you apply for Southwestern College or any JC, right. I'll let you out." So I'm like, "Oh, you know, my parents yeah. helped me, <laughs> right? Say, I'm going to Southwestern. I'll go to <laughs> Southwestern College. I enroll in um, Business 101. Okay. And there's this pretty young girl sitting in the back, curly hair. She has on some um, overalls, right? And this is like early 2000s. And in, in California, you're not wearing overalls. No, so not, I knew yeah. I knew she wasn't from here. And <laughs> so then one day, I finally got the balls to, you know, ask her out. And, right. I, and I'm like, hey, where are you from? She's like, well, I'm from Cleveland. And I referenced some song from Cleveland. Right, of course. All this exchange, phone numbers, and, you know. And and this was back in the day we actually had to call, right? You I mean, actually, you weren't texting. No, there, there, right. yeah, there's no, no. I pulled out my pen and paper, right? right. right? Wrote the phone number down. Here's now, my phone number. was it the home phone? It was so the home phone. May I speak to? May I speak to Lisa, please? <laughs> yes. Uh, kids today, they don't know. No, they, they get direct contact yep. to the person, right? And, they, and they, they text and they, you know, it's crazy how, how easily. You guys hit it off pretty quick and you've been together ever since? We, well, yeah, we had some rough patches. Uh, we, you know, young, right? I was 20 at the time. She was 18. So okay. dated for a little while, a couple of years, fell off, didn't see each other for seven years. I was out oh. here making bad decisions. 
I got out of prison. I and now I end up elevating my my stupidity, and I got sent right. to prison. And when I driving down the street one day with my buddies, we see her in a car, and she's like, my buddy's trying to get some directions, and then we I see her, she sees me. It's not a fairy tale story. She runs off. She speeds away, right? <laughs> and then my buddy's like, I'm like, leave her alone. He's like, no, man, that's your girl. That's your girl. We're going to chase her down, right? So maybe nowadays you're not supposed to chase no, anybody definitely down. definitely not, but, right? you know, we chased her, <laughs> got out the car, told her all my apologies. I'm a changed man. And she was with a boyfriend. I said, look, I would just like you to know I'm a changed man. Um, if you ever have the time of day, you got it doesn't work out. I would love just to go out to take you out to lunch. Gave her my, once again, we're still on phone numbers and right, paper. Right, Gave right. her my phone number. And um, she called. She ended up calling me like five, six months later. Really? Yeah. And That's so crazy. Then, yeah. So then we just started to connect again and um, built that relationship. And then having to have that conversation with her parents, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, had that conversation. They blessed me. And so now we've been married. This year would be nine years. Congratulations. Two kids. Nice. How old? Uh Good question. <laughs> no, 12. Our son is 12. He'll be 13 in January, and our daughter, she'll be six in, on November 1st. Nice, nice. Six is a good age. 12 is a good age. All right, well, let's talk. Let's go to mistake number one. What did your mistake when you went to jail? Mm, well, first mistake, right? 18 years old. I'm fresh out of high school. I have no plan, okay. right? Um, and back then, I was... I found myself blaming a lot of people, right? Society, my mom, my dad, um, everybody in my life other than the person I should have been blaming, which was myself, Yourself. right? Yep. And so um, I'm sitting at the house one day, I'm living with my parents and a buddy of mine comes over and he's like, hey man, I know you wanna, um, you're kind of broke right now, I have this opportunity. And so he tells me this elaborate plan of like uh, cashing checks. He's like, I'm gonna get these checks uh, written in your name. I know this guy, he works at the bank. They're gonna be payroll checks. I'm like, man, that doesn't sound. I'm like, that doesn't sound too cool. Honestly, I'm like, you know what? Nothing is. I'm like, how much do we got to give him? He's like, no, it's free. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) no. Two months later, he comes in my house. He has my name and my address on these payroll checks. How many checks? It was like 20 checks. Wow. And I'm like, how'd you get my address? He's like, well, I know where you live. I know your friend's last name. (laughs) I got it off the front door. However, I should have made a better decision and still said no. Yeah. I didn't. I said right. yes. Start cashing the checks. Next thing I know, by the fourth bank we get to, they're all about 500 bucks. That's when the gig was up and the police was coming in the door. Yeah. And uh, So did you go, like, one day you went to a bunch of different banks? Yeah, one day. One yeah. day, bank after bank after bank after bank. And just know? cash them. And just cash them. Can't cash his payroll check. You just cash his payroll. Here you go. Hey, give me your ID. I'm giving him my real ID. Everything, right? Cool. So. Obviously, you know, I wasn't a smart criminal. No, um, no. I shouldn't have been doing it. However, yeah, so that got me in jail. And that got me. Uh, for that time, it was only like three months, three, okay. four months. And what was your what was your reaction when you were told versus when you actually got there? Like when you said, hey, I mean, I assume you went to court. Yes. Had, you were home. Then you went to court. And then from court, you went to jail. We, exactly. Once they got me from the bank, I went straight to jail. No oh, home. really? <laughs> no home. Oh, there was okay. no go All home right. and collect two hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> straight to the jail, right? And uh, they they charged me with this elaborate. They said arson because I get long story. Burn something down. They burned the checks in like a stolen. What is that labor ready? Remember labor ready? So yeah, someone stole wow. checks in labor ready in San Jose. Okay. Burned down this whole place. Brought them to San Diego. I don't know all this. Right. Right. So yeah, arson. Commercial robbery, commercial so you're just burglary. I'm tagged to all, the I'm other tagged stuff, to all right. this, yeah. and, and so now I'm scared. Name. Heck yeah, you'd be I'm scared. scared. It's me and two other buddies. I'm scared shitless. Yeah. Um, however, I'm like, well, I I made I did the crime, so I got to do the time, right? Okay. Um, 
And then that's when I get put on probation. I go to jail. I'm scared. I don't, I've never been to jail. I've never been to juvenile court right. or juvenile uh, hall or nothing. But, you know, I learned to manage my own. You know, it's not as it's not as scary as you see in the movies. Right, right, right. 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 As long as you're respectful, that's what I've learned. If you're yeah. respectful enough and you carry yourself with good character, you will be all right. Follow the rules. It's a very simple process. Yeah. Uh, when you start, what I learned over time is when you get outside those rules and you're not respectful, then things tend to happen. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, it was it was it was scary though. But I made it, I made it a, a habit for some years, and that's not a good thing. Okay, when you say a habit, you went I ended up going back to jail. Okay, like I, what kind of dumb shit did you do uh, to go back shit. to jail? Well, all right, so here it goes, right? Yeah. So, being that I was in jail when I first went to jail, I was our because of who I hung around with. They had me as a in documented get no before okay, jail. Before, okay, so before going to jail, I would get pulled over. So in in the community I grew up in, I lived in Paradise Hills, close to Skyline. Some of my friends were already documented gang members. The law state states that regardless, if you just are in the car with somebody, if you're doc, if you get pulled over two or three times with that person, they can yeah. document you as a gang member. Yep. So now I'm a documented gang member. So because of that, I can't hang with people that I knew my whole life. Right. So after me being out from that first time of going to jail, I would get violations of probation for, being, for being around them, certain yeah. people or certain areas. Now. It's funny because there's a lot of it's, it's a hot topic. We could go a lot of different ways mm -hmm. about it, but it, it's make better decisions, which I know you know. Yeah, and now as right. a forty <laughs> as a forty two year old, right, right this, <laughs> to talk about it, it's easier to make decisions. But when you're like, man, you're taking oh, me away yeah, from my, my friends. friends. These are my and this friends. This is and, and literally we could be literally doing nothing. Maybe yeah. what smoking a little weed, right. maybe having a beer. But I'm literally not doing much right. because of those. Or they came in my house one time. I had a. I remember the Padre, the little small Padre back in the day. I had the shadow of yeah, death. I took a I look at my those, life right? and realized there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasted and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. He be treated like a punk. You know that son hurry up. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying to I really hate the trip, but I gotta low. As they go, I see myself in the pistol, pistol smoke. Fool, I'm the kind of dude that little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the streetlight. I mean, I purposely picked this. I like the color red at the time. However, though, it's a silk scarf. I'm not wearing it. Others in that I wore it for a while. We're gonna move you out of here. So she moves to LA, to LA with so by the age of 23, I'm just going to rouse my anger. So by the age of 23, I'm just going to rouse my anger. So by the age of 23, I'm just going to rouse my anger. So by the age of 23, I'm just going to rouse my anger. So by the age of 23, I'm just going to rouse my anger. So by the age of 23, I'm just going to rouse my anger. So by the age of 23, I'm just going to rouse my anger. So by the age of 23, I'm just going to rouse my anger. So by the age of So at that moment, 
all things out there. I'm already getting, 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 I'm already Money and the power, minute after minute, hour after hour, everybody's running, but half of them ain't looking, it's going on in the kitchen, but I don't know what's cooking, they say I got the nerve, but nobody's here to teach me, and they can't understand it, how can they reach me, I guess they can't, I guess they won't, I guess they front, that's why I know my life is out of luck, fool, excuse my way, I was scared, you know, however, at this time, though, I've already been busy. Most of us signed here, so we for four, six, judging the game for the That was a success. Don't get killed, don't get caught. And make some money for the day to show. And make some money. Yeah. Right. And so that was that was my everyday life from 16 to 20, 26, 27 years old. You know, um, that case that I'm referring to happened at t in 2003. I end up doing those years. I get out 2006. That's when I meet my wife. Because now I have a job. Now I'm trying to do right. Okay, wait, wait. You skipped a little bit for my life. You, you got out. <laughs> Yes. And then at that point, did you decide, okay, I can't do this anymore. I yeah. Can't go back. Uh, well, it was, it was when I got out, I decided some things have to change. However, I didn't know what everything yeah. that needed to change. I still wasn't like, you know what? I'm going to quit this life, but I know I'm not going to be doing too much hustling anymore. Yeah. I want to get off parole. Jail is not a fun place to be. Yeah. Um, so I end up getting a job, and that's probably my first real job that what, I got. What was it? It was a, a warehouse. I was in yeah. a. It was called Champion Signs. They did real estate signs. So okay. a friend of mine got me the job because I knew my record was going to be a, a right. hindrance. Right. And I proved myself. They loved me there. I was moving on up. Like George and Weezy. Like <laughs> George and Weezy moving <laughs> on up, right? And. Um, yeah, that's the, and then that's during that time coming home because I was homeless. So when uh -huh. I got out of prison, my mom had a new husband. They weren't accepting yeah. me in their house. Mm. My dad wasn't doing so well. He was renting out a room from another person. He ain't had no room. Yeah, I had nowhere to go. So tell me about a day. You sleep on. Well, what you do? I was sleeping from friend to friend's house at first. Okay. However, because I was on parole and I was considered a high risk parolee. Right. That means the parole officer needs to know where you're at every night and they can come check that house. So now knowing that some of my friends are not doing the correct right, thing. Right, you can't say I that. I can't say that. So right. then I end up ask. they had this thing back in back in those days called the Coast Motel. It was on J Street. It's right across from, what's that, Bubs downtown where the, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a little hotel and that was like a parolee hotel. Okay. So I stayed there for about four or five months. And how'd you pay for that? There, there was a state with voucher. Okay. A right. state voucher program allowed parolees to stay there. Okay. And so that was good. I was looking for a job. However, I was still drinking. Still okay. drinking alcohol. Come home. Anything come, else? Uh, No. Nah. Okay. 
I, w- I don't smoke weed. I didn't really smoke weed. So okay. maybe every once in a while I might have did an ecstasy pill way back then. Yeah. But alcohol was my alcohol drug. Alcohol was your drug. That was my okay. thing. And uh, I came home drunk. And then next thing, and then, you Probation know, you have a curfew. Oh, no. the, the house. At that house. Yeah, I come to that house out. drunk. They're like, oh, you got to get out of here. Yeah. So now I'm walking down Fifth Avenue or Sixth Avenue with a trash bag full of all the little belongings I do have. Walked all the way up to 7th and or I was on 7th to F Street and there's a there's a um, Salvation Army Steps program. I looked at the it's a metal gate. I look at the what I look at the what it says on the sign. I just go in there and plead my case. Talk to two brothers. I don't remember their name, but they they were like, "Man, look at here. This is not for you. This is a drug rehab program. This ain't for gang members and all this type right, of stuff." Right. But they made an exception. And I was very grateful and stayed there for another eight months as I continue to get my life. And then my birthday comes and I get drunk again. Or I get caught. Now, How about you, that? Okay, yeah. I was How about that? That was my I next get question. Caught. Did you get drunk no. or did you just get caught being I finally drunk? got. I finally got, I got caught being drunk and okay. they kicked me out. Okay. And so this is that I'm 27 years old, 28 years, 28, and I'm still doing that type of stuff. Yeah, that's, um, that's too old to be doing that. It's too old to be making as, dumb decisions. Yeah, as an, as an old man. <laughs> back i'm i'm gonna take 27 you're you're about to have a miracle because you make it to 27 living like that it usually doesn't turn around very much it does. spoiler alert folks we got a miracle coming he's gonna <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna turn his life around <laughs> this story has a happy ending we're gonna hear about it as soon as we take our first commercial break i want to thank all my sponsors thank everybody for listening to tony on the mic and we will be back with former alcoholic gang member felon criminal Leave anything out? No, that sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> Jonas Royster. And we are back with my guest, Jonas Royster, who had 27 troublesome years. Uh, being in trouble, causing trouble, essentially just trouble. Trouble all around him. Your nickname was what? So cold. Should have been in trouble because uh, <laughs> you were in trouble all the time. So tell me, at 27, what changed your life? What what turned everything around? Um, 27. Nothing much, to be honest with you. After I get kicked out of uh, that drug treatment program for once again being caught being drunk, I'm typically doing the same stuff. Now I just learn better, learn not how to get caught. Oh, right? Okay. I'm, I'm let's perfecting just be honest. Your craft. I'm perfecting my crap. Right. However, I'm slowing down. I'm just not. I'm not a saint. I'm not following all the rules. Right. Um, and where are you living at this point? Great question. I end up getting a. I moved in with a coworker at that first initial job. The warehouse job. Yeah, the yeah. warehouse job. So we had a spot together in El Cajon. Okay. Yeah, and then so on and off, I catch another violation for being around people like two years, like a year and a half later, go back in jail. And that right there, I think, was probably the end of it. That's when it started okay. to change. I'm like okay. 29, and it's like, you know what? This, is, this sucks. Being around <laughs> a, you know, nothing wrong with me. I... I don't want to be around a bunch of men that act tough all day long where yeah. I can, you know, and yeah. people telling me when I got to go to sleep. And so thoughts started to change. Like, Jonah, something has to change. However, I was too scared. You're 28. You really don't have any job skills. You didn't go to college, f- like, fully. What do you have to do? And so there was that old, like, well, this is all my life. And um, it was like that for a while. I ended up getting into some entrepreneur things. 2011, me and some buddies opened up a legit, for real, dispensary. You know, okay. that's when you know. 2000, oh, medical cards. Medical cards, yeah, remember? Okay. Right, so, right, yeah. Right, right. So, we end up getting a lawyer. We did that. We end up getting shut down. Um, that's when they came and did a big old crackdown later yeah. that year. And so, that opened up my entrepreneur mind. Right. But it wasn't until I was about 36. 36 years old and there was... 
during these times, I started to elevate my hustling. So now I'm selling coke, and I'm drinking. See, now I got to be honest. I was hoping you said elevating your hustle like the dispensary, <laughs> like you had a paper no. route. No. <laughs> no, I elevated to the stupid stuff, baby. right? Okay, all right. To the stupider stuff that could get you more time, right. assuming that I, it would get me more money. However, what I found myself doing, although I was paying my bills and I was saving some good money, I found myself using the product. Okay. Right? And so now there's this whirlwind of me because of paranoia from the police and my old background, all these things, I'm drinking, I'm drugging with the Coke. I'm now also taking pills to go to sleep, right? Because you're up from the Coke. Yeah, right? Because I'm up from the Coke and then I'm trying to... So it was a couple nights my heart would start to beat extremely fast. And my at this time, my wife, we weren't married, we were still together, me and, okay. Lee, me and my um, then girlfriend, we have a son, he's about four years old. And it just started to get to me to where my heart was beating real and I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to OD. And I was like, how selfish would that be as my son comes in to say, hey, dad, take me to preschool. And his dad's laying in the bed dead because I want to have a selfish night. So that was starting to weigh on me. And it wasn't until we moved from San Diego to Hemet. And then I had another episode and it was like, you know what? I'm tired of people talking about me. My friends was talking about how drunk I would get. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Fuck all you guys. I'm finna good, change my they life. Actually, they helped you. They actually did. They but did, at that right, moment, right. They weren't. I didn't know. They were shitting on you, but it ended up. It ended up being helping, a blessing yeah. in disguise, yeah. right? And so I call that in life, I feel like you have two motivations, right? You have that fuck you motivation right. that's going to push you. Right. But that wears off, right. you know? And so you need something that's going to pull you when you get tired. And that was my kids. Okay. You know what I mean? My, my son, by this time, he's six. My daughter was just born. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to change this being average in my family. You know, I right, love my family. Right. You no, know, something yeah. has to change. Yeah. And I'm I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be the coolest square <laughs> right, <laughs> that right. anybody knows, the right. most successful. <laughs> so that's, that's that's when it started. All right. So uh, now you had Coke? Or did you re-up? Were you just out and said, oh, I'm not buying anything? No, I had like a half ounce. I had like a half ounce and I end up. I end up hiding it from myself and losing it in the house. Which still, is it still there? <laughs> no, I end, up fight, I end up finding it like four months later, and then I, I end up giving it away. Right. I should have I flushed it, but yeah, I end up giving it away. Um, and I haven't touched anything. So for the last, that was what, 2018, August 2013, 2018, August 13, 2018, was my sobriety day. So. Okay. About five, five years, years and a couple right. weeks. Now, do you do you do any AA stuff? Do you have any? No, chips? Do you I went have cold anything? turkey. Okay, I went cold turkey because I started to leverage my past experiences. So that's what I've learned living the life that I live. I'm like, well, some of the stuff that I did was super dangerous, super stupid, super scary. If I could do those things, I can do others. So every time I went to jail and every time I went to prison, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do any drugs. And I, I so as I'm sobering up, I'm like, well, if I could do that there, obviously I'm not addicted. Right. So quit saying that I'm an addict because at right. first I kept saying, kept oh, I'm saying, an addict, yeah. I'm an addict, I'm an addict. I'm like, well, I'm really not an addict if I can stop somewhere else. So then I started to say, I am sober and I'm going to continue to be sober. And from that point, um, I've been clean. I don't even eat uh, beer battered fish. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty cold turkey. Um, do you have any? I want to say partners in this journey. Is there anybody? No, it's been. It's been a, your wife. Does she? Uh, what does she think about all this cocaine and alcohol and stuff? She's she's extremely excited. She's happy for me. This is what she says. She's like, you know no, what? No, I mean before. Oh, before when you, were, when you were doing it. 
and you had your kids. Uh, she always wanted me to stop. She's gone. She's and that was, you. and that's what would be, I allowed that to be a trigger. Right. And so as I'm sobering up, I started to understand about habits and habit loops and things of that yeah. nature. Didn't know it then, but her telling me, hey, you need to stop. Oh, you need to stop drinking would trigger me to, which drink. Th to drink. That right. would be tradition would be to go drink. My reward from that now is I don't have to hear her mouth. And I would always tell you, you're not my mom. You're not my pro officer. You're not the judge. Right. Shut the hell up. I can do what I do. I'm not going to jail. Be happy. Man, she's, she's what a great catch what a, she, you are. You were uh, amazing. She. <laughs> You know, and I, and I she stuck it out. She's a trooper, man. She's a Whatever trooper. you're giving her now, she deserves it. She does. She she's a part work. of it. Yeah. Uh, anybody else going through the same thing? Kind of turn around with you, or because that's one of the things about AA. I've had a couple people on who've had recovery issues through through AA, and pretty good stories. Is that there's somebody with you? Sometimes it's your sponsor. Sometimes it's just a friend. Sometimes you know somebody you can go to and say, "Man, I wish I could drink," and they say, "Come on, man, don't drink." And usually it's enough. You know, did you have any support systems? Did you have any? No. I'm going to no. be honest. It was cold turkey. Okay. Just cold turkey. Everyone, I felt that I was against the world. And that was the motto. You know, being competitive, being in, in sports, it's me against everybody then. You know right. what? Yep. I'll show you. Right. And so, yeah, no. But, however, now over time, I feel lonely. Yeah. I wish I would have built some of those community people because after four or five years, like I said, that motivation of F you, right. you know, it starts to wear off. And so, you know, I have some people I could call, but it's it's a it's a journey every day. It is. It is. And. I don't want to sound like I've had addiction issues. I I don't, but I've also I did have a big F you mentality and and even with this where you you were using it as a good thing, you know, oh, you don't think I can quit? Okay, F you, I'm going to stop drinking. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a horrible way to go at it. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, now I, I would urge you to look for the thank you as right. you know, thank you. This is my new motivation. Look, I haven't drink. I'm happy. I'm sure I don't have to tell you you're an inspirational speaker. So I'm not gonna try and inspire you. But you know, you find that thank you. Thank you for my children. Thank you right. for my wife. Thank you for this house. Thank you for this meal. You know, whatever it is, and you find that thank you mentality as a driver and you know, and that's that's a much more healthy way. But uh Yeah, that gratitude, right? Yeah, gra gratitude, gratitude will man. really pull you forward and I didn't know that. Right, yeah. I wasn't gratitude. I wasn't grateful for my own life. Right. So how can I find gratitude when you're not? You don't even know what that word means, right? Yeah. And so that's what I tell people now. Similar is like, first you might have to have that f you. Yeah. To get you going up the hill. Yeah. And then as you're going up the hill and your legs start to tire out, then you can be thankful that your legs are still moving. Then you can yeah. be thankful. Yeah. Right. And you start to find it that way. Gratitude. Gratitude is really one of my recent. I'm sure you don't aren't an ardent listener to the podcast. Maybe you will be after this, but going through my journey, I have some spiritual people on, and mm. some a guy who went to India as a yoga. I mean, and a, a yogi who's you know lived at a Buddha's feet, did all the thirty day fasts and stuff mm. like that. I mean, and just talking with these people gives me a fresh look. You know, gives me a new thing to look at, and it's like I talk to a vegan, and I appreciate and admire what they do even though I'm not going to be a vegan, but it helps me make better decisions with food, you know, and things like that. I talk to a, you know, a Buddhist, I talk to a Christian, I talk to, you know, whatever it is. And even if we don't align specifically, there's always something I can learn and take to make my life better, you know? So I'm, I'm big on that right now. Embracing oh, your comment was embrace positivity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, and that's me thankful, positivity, look at life, appreciate everything we have. So then you decided to write a book, 44 months. So when did you start? I started January 2018 when, as that sober sobriety journey kind of started. Okay. Um, 
Did you did you slip ever or did you? Yeah, so eighteen I started the sobriety. Are you slipping into the sobriety? Yeah, so eighteen I start. I go sober for about three months, have a drink, only have one, and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. You're playing yourself, okay. Jonas. Why right. are you doing this? Right. So then I stop. Then July fourth comes around. Everybody drinks on July fourth. July fourth, so. it was all out. All right, I'm drunk. Oh, really? I'm shit faced. Oh boy. Then. August 13th or August 11th comes around. It's my buddy's birthday. He's not even around. <laughs> I tell my other friends like, hey, let's get drunk. And I party for three days straight. Don't come home. I'm, and one thing that although in my times of BSing and being a bullshit father and being in these streets, I always said I'm going to be there for my, my son. Yeah. You know, and that at that moment, I missed his first day of second grade. And I had vowed myself, I'll never do that. And right. so I felt like a piece of shit. Right. And so since then. Um, I've been going, but I'm doing this book the whole time. Okay. I'm writing this book. However, I've never written a book, but like I said, I used leverage past experience. I told myself, look, well, you used to write letters in jail. Yeah, <laughs> if okay. you can write letters in jail, you can pick up a pencil and start writing this book. Right. And you wrote it by hand, long hand I, to start? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. And I advise anybody who's writing a book, do not write it in long hand <laughs> first because you have to type it next. Yeah. Okay. And then if, with me, because I get writing so fast then I can't read it later. <laughs> then I have to type it. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. You yeah, know, no, no, I've done that. Right. Cause at first it was really neat. And, yeah. But after month 22, right, after right. you're like, Oh my gosh. Right. So, but I've, I told myself, you know what, I'm going to have to start changing some of my life. And so it's the, the short version is that I started to identify where my time was being spent and I started to I d take it away. So I looked at my life. I'm like, I watch ESPN three hours a day. Two in the morning, one at night. And, and the mornings were reruns. And the mornings right. were reruns, right? So it's like, oh my gosh, right? My wife would be like, what are you doing? Oh, I get the Sports Center was reruns. Sports I guess Center. The other stuff, yeah, yeah, well, that's all I'm watching, right. though. She's like, right. why are you watching the same thing over and right. over? Right. <laughs> and so I watched that. And then on the weekends, I'm watching football all day long. Right. right? Sunday, I'm watching from eight in the morning till whatever this NBC late game, game, late is, game right. ends. And it was eventually like 28 hours a week I'm watching ESPN. You do that by. Four, what's that 56 112 somewhere around there for yeah. a whole month yeah and I, I i what i did was i realized that we only have 730 hours in a month okay and then i was like well if i just kill those three hours i maybe have time to write a book and get healthy that was my whole thing wow i was overweight i was 195 pounds good. thank so, you yeah but then i wasn't too good i had the big right. the big okay. belly high blood pressure high cholesterol right and so i just started to eliminate some of the things in my life and i said i'm gonna wake up earlier before my kids get up, before everyone gets up, and just be at the pen and paper for one hour. Do that one hour a day. I don't care how many words you write. Right. Just start there, right? Yep. And that's where I started. And then, next thing I know, right, my goal was finish it in a year. So I finish it in a year. I fit. I don't know nothing about writing a book. Right. I finished my manuscript in a year. I am excited. I pay someone to edit the book. I'm about to, sit, I'm about to publish this whole You're book, self-publish. Yep. A friend of mine... You may know her. Uh, she teaches at Grossmont. Her name is Vera Sanchez. I do know Vera um, Sanchez. So she's written a couple books. And I saw it on Facebook. We went to school together at Mission okay. Bay. All right. So I'm like, you know what? I told myself, if I'm going to do this, I got to give it 120%. Yeah. So I'm re reluctant, reluctantly. It's easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. So look, I give her the book, though. I give her the manuscript. Like, Let's just look at it. I'm thinking she's going to give me the, the thumbs yep, up. Ready to go. She goes, she kids me back. We're at, um, what's that restaurant? Chiquita's, I think, over off a of university or somewhere down there. And she's like, Jay, this shit fucking sucks. Oh, <laughs> it's the worst no. shit I've ever seen. Wow. Hurtful. 
right? Yes. But she's like, look, this is what I'll do. I'll help you rewrite this. Okay. You know, and so she, I would go to her house. She would call me on the phone every day. And we would sit here and literally rework how we were going to do my book. I'm right. Initially, it's first, the main character, the protagonist is in right. first person. Then the next person's in like third person, but they're supposed to be. It was just a mess, right? Yeah. I didn't know this. <laughs> and so she helped me clean it up. And that took another that was the first 12 months I got it to her. The next 30 some odd months to get to that 44 was really just rewriting it all over again. Now, at what point did you turn to somebody past her? Um, or was she the last? Was she the last? She, she was the last. Okay. She was the only person. Other people are like, as I'm writing this book and I'm putting out motivational videos and I'm doing right. these things, people are like, why are you writing this gangbang book? This is the stupidest shit I ever heard. All right. And I started to almost believe them. And that was a major key in my life as I was growing up. Because I used to have some great-ass ideas, but then I would tell somebody else and they would and shoot my stupid. shit down. Yep. Right? I think yep. Les Brown has a quote. What's the quote? Um, it's on the lines of, don't allow other people... There it is. Don't allow other people's opinion of you to become your reality. Yes, that's, that's good And stuff. I... I lived that way though for years where they would become my reality. And this time I'm like, screw all you guys. And I just wanted to be, you know what? Tony, I just wanted to be great. I wanted to be excellent. All my life, my parents told me I was good. Good job, Jonas. You're good. You're good. You're good. I wanted to be great. And I heard another quote that said, all excellence is a commitment to completion. I said, if I complete this, I will be considered excellent, at least as me in my own world. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yep. And so that was the driving mission. You know, just complete it. Don't bail like you've done on all your other ideas. Right. Complete it. And who knows what will happen. And what's the name of it? Banging. Banging. The, the making of a YG. Okay. So and how did how did how did the title come to you? Um, this is almost like a basically a story of my life, right? Okay. And so I heard this voice as I'm sobering up, I'm running, I'm running every day to get fit or walking at this time, right? right? Start, walking. right. <laughs> and then I heard the voice said, write a book and the people that you need to talk to, you'll eventually talk to them. And so the it, as I'm writing, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna write my life because I always said if my life was visual as a movie, you know, people would like to watch it, yeah. these hood movies. Oh, so yeah. I... The you know, movie, Johnson, I call it factional, right? So okay. part facts, right? Yeah. Like the emotions are yeah. facts. The characters and the, you know, the things that happen are fiction. Now, complete fiction or just fiction? Complete fiction. So you didn't like see this happen with somebody else and mm. incorporate it into that story? or um, No, I didn't yeah. see it, but I've heard. Put right. it like that. Right. I've right. heard stories. Like these right. are stories that I know are true to be in the life of being a gang right. member. Right. Okay. You know, I'm, mind you, I, like I said, I went to jail for conspiracy commit murder. So I understand what the criminal mindset thinks about when right. someone, something happens to somebody and you hear stories and all these other things. So, um, but that was banging the making of a YG, which YG is young gangster for know, those. I know. Hey. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I know. Cause right. look, okay. no, no, you're I've been right. some you're places. Right. They're no, like, what's right. YG? Right. And I'm like, uh, a young gangster. They're like, <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Yeah, Cause yeah. <laughs> but yeah I was a little insulted I thought you no were not to you it wasn't okay. you it okay. wasn't you it wasn't right. you it's for the listeners okay. it's for the listeners alright <laughs> but yeah so self-published book self-published so, okay. and yeah. it's available on on Amazon okay. um, walmart.com Barnes and Nobles anywhere online is there an e-book e there's also an e-book no audio book for no that book. book no right. not yet and uh so that inspired you to, to write another book yes so as I'm sobering up, right, as I'm writing this book. You're writing this as you're sobering. I'm writing this as I'm sobering. Okay. As I'm fighting this mission, right. you know, going on that journey of sobriety, I'm writing every day. Do you think that helped? 
Yes. Okay. This book helped because it's because it's so closely loose on how the protagonist Deshaun is my thinking mm-hmm. that it was almost like a journal in in certain parts, certain areas, right? right? And so I was able to release a lot of the stuff that I had built okay. up in me. I didn't know that then. Right. Now right. looking back, I can see that. Um but yeah, so I wrote that that book as I'm sobering as I'm running, I used to hear, I, I listen to motivational. I don't know about you. I go okay. on YouTube. I find motivational videos. I listen to them. Tony Robbins, Les Brown, Eric Thomas, all the greats, right? Uh, yeah. Jim Rome was my favorite. Bob Proctor. Jim Rome does promotion. or uh, uh, What's the word we're talking about? Jim Rome. Uh, Jim Rome does motivational speaking? Yes. he. Well, I don't know if you called it motivational speaking, but it was motivational to okay. me, right? He would all do right. seminars about about life oh yeah 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 I right that. and yeah. so i found some old ones on youtube from like the 80s okay and a lot of his stuff it helped me change my philosophy and i was and i was hearing certain people there would be certain quotes that would stick out to me and so i would write them i will be on the trip in my garage i had a yellow post-it note i had a sharpie i'd push pause i still walk or run and i'll write this and quote down yeah and then i would put them on my garage wall and then when I would come out the next morning, I would read this quote, I'll run, and then probably two weeks, maybe even a month later, I'll get another quote. Yeah. And if it was that dope, I'd put it on the wall. Right. And so that's that's how the second book came up because I end up getting about twenty eight, thirty about thirty one quotes that I've eventually put on the I think the, the number's wall. exactly thirty one, because yeah. isn't that part of the name of the book? That's part of the name of the book. <laughs> thirty one days to break bad thinking habits and <laughs> embrace positivity. And embrace positivity. Quotes off the wall. So quotes that's the wall. because they were on my garage. Oh, wall. Nice. All right. Right. So that's the that's the background. And what I realized, like I think we were talking earlier, is that there's three parts to a habit. Right. And what I started to learn is a habit loop. You have your trigger, you have your tradition, you have your treat. Something triggers you. You to you do the traditional thing without typically thinking about it so that you can get a reward or a treat to feel. And what I learned with these quotes was as I would get triggered, I would insert this quote, which would then break that. It would interrupt that loop. Get one in particular. Um, it, or just any, it, any was on any your one. Wall. So okay. as listen, I told you I was overweight. So the ones that <laughs> I love eating chips and cookies at night, that's my thing. Right. And so as I'm going in the kitchen at the, at night and I would, I would be reaching this quote that I eventually saw would go on my, I would, I would repeat to myself. It was, um, you must live in the uncomfortable because comfortability brings a slow death. So then I, instead of reaching for the chip, I had, I bought some pickles because I see there was zero calories. Okay. <laughs> and then I would reach for the pickle. But it would just be little things like that. Yeah. When I would procrastinate, it was like move from tomorrow into right now. You know, when I get tired, I'm like small steps equal great distances. And so that's kind of what quotes off the wall became. So that sounds like a page. It doesn't sound like a book. I assume you elaborate on these quotes. Yeah. So there's a story. <laughs> Oh, with each one. With each quote, right? And then at the top, you'll see where you can best use this quote. So perseverance or, you know, self-doubt. So this quote will correlate that I've used it in my life that you can either use it as a 30 day, 31 day devotional, or you can go in there like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not, I feel like I'm not enough. Right. And so now let me go find a quote that correlates, read that. And then understanding how the habit loop works. Right. You can start to insert that, that quote into your life. Yeah, have you ever heard of Atomic Habits? Oh, I, yes. That, okay, <laughs> I've read it a couple times. It's me too. I, yeah, I'm a big fan, and yeah, sounds like a lot of that stuff where you you kind of just become, and that's that's my thing lately is I'm not the guy who eats chips and cookies late at night, even though I am the guy or I was the guy, but you know what I mean. So right. when I find myself going to get a Ben and Jerry's out of the freezer at 9:30, it's like no, I'm not the guy who eats. It. And by saying that, 
it becomes I do it less and less and less and I'm able to kind of send that off. So I know exactly kind of the principle of how that works because that different things work for me. It's like I'm not the guy who, you know, speeds to a neighborhood, you know, because I should drive pretty fast all the time. Mm. And, and and you do that, you find yourself and, and you find yourself doing it and, and you remind yourself, I'm not that guy. And so it kind of helps. It helps me. And reset. that's what you're doing. You're interrupting that loop by saying, I'm not that guy. Right. Right. And so then that, that forces you not to do that same traditional thing you used <clears> to. <throat> and now you move back to where you, you not being that guy. Yeah. But I got to find a treat. That's what <laughs> <laughs> the reward. <laughs> the huh? reward. What's the reward for it? Yeah. No. And the, re- you know, and the reward is, and it's corny and it's cheesy. And you'll find if, if we get to know each other, I hope we become friends that, that I am corny. I'm cheesy. I'm, but I'm I'm sincere. Right. This is what I am, you know. And when I say I don't say this to be like if somebody is just a jerk at the store or whatever, and just a, just rude, just dismissive, argumentative, wants to fight. It used to be okay, let's fight, you right. know, <laughs> you know. Okay, if that's what you want, let's see what happens. Right. And and now I say, and it almost sounds super arrogant, but it's like I'm so glad I don't have to live in that skin in mm. that body. You know, my reward is I don't have to be him. My reward is I don't have to be that jerk. My reward is that I'm not that guy. And and that sounds, you know, but then it makes me feel better because I'm not. And and again, not not today, but I've I've been in a place where <laughs> right. where I can move past most of that. I can let a lot of that go. So that's awesome. So how is this book? Are you done? Is it done? Is it's it out? It's done. I just got the proof the um yesterday. Oh wow. Yeah, so it's it'll be released on August twelfth. Okay, um, we'll do an ebook first. It'll be ninety nine cents. Uh, you'll be you'll be able to find it on Amazon. The goal, to be honest with you, is to become an Amazon bestseller, right? And so um, you got to get so many sales on the first day in twenty four hours. So, um, so and when when is the date? August twelfth. The thing is. As I'm doing this, it's not even about me. It's about showing those that lived a life similar to mine. Like, check this out. One, they don't give us no pension for gangbanging, selling dope, doing none of that. Pimping, robbing, hoeing, stripping, whatever right. you're doing out there, there's no pension. There's no 401k. And it, there's no 401k <laughs> with this joker. Yeah. So guess what? If you happen to be blessed to make it out, right, because a lot of our friends are dead or in jail, guess what? Let's do something with our lives. And some of us, like myself, was like, you know what? I don't have many skills. I don't have many skills at all. However, what I do have is a story. And it's just about, you know, some of these things that we're doing, the what we used to call when I would be in the streets, the square, they're getting money from it. They're taking my life. John right. Singletary's taking yep. my life and making it into Boys a movie. Hood, right. Boys in the Hood. <laughs> yeah. The Snowfall. Yeah. All these movies, yep. all this stuff that everybody else is getting paid from. Why not turn my life into some type of story and help, though? Right. Right. So, uh, being. Right, the what, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy needs the first thing is survival. So you got to get some money up under your under your belt. Right. Ideally, you do it legitly. Right, get you a job. If you can't get a job, well, maybe some of our past experiences, what we call transferable skills, you can leverage those skills. Maybe if you used to sell dope, now you can be a car salesman. Right. Let's 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 find some correlation somewhere. Use our transferable values. Right, the values of commitment, loyalty, integrity, and discipline. And put those into our new ventures we'll be able to get a lot further especially if you made it to 35 40 with a good record of quote-unquote street life right. it's a transition and so now it's here about how do we do that and that's that's my that's my thing i'm gonna show you better than i can tell you yeah no that's good and it's uh i, I just think those type of stories are so valuable for for a lot of reasons the most is what you said is it just tells somebody who's 10 years old 12 years old 14 years old before they end up cashing those checks. 
Yeah. You know, or before they end up, you know, selling weed on the corner, before they end up that that there's another way, you know, that that you can keep your head down, do your thing, and there's another way. And then also it helps people, I think, outside of that circle. You know, when I grew up, most of the teachers in school were white. All kids are black. It's all black neighborhood. My mom's white, and so I was like the whitest kid in the world. And <laughs> and, and but even then, even second, third grade, I could see that they didn't, they did, they couldn't relate to the experience of right. of what's happening. They they had a completely different framework of family and dinner time and going to work and everything that they did in their life. W- was different and they couldn't see the, the one that sticks out to me is the teacher is like second grade and she's telling a girl to write we're all writing words on the board and she tells a girl to write ho on the board and of course we're oh. all laughing and we're going ho but she meant garden ho and she had no mm. idea that I mean, this teacher had no idea that ho was a slang word insult descriptor whatever you want to call it and the girl's like i'm not writing that on the board and you know and she kind of write h-o and then when a teacher was not looking and wiped it out and all the kids laughed because but it was I was able to see at that point that that they they had no idea they couldn't connect these lives these lives were were completely different and and I think when when we can get other people to read and, and it's the same thing for people who grew up on a farm share their stories for people who grew up you know as as an immigrant share their stories and once right. we can all kind of kind of see these stories we can have better empathy and better understanding of something that's not exactly how we were born we still might not agree with it or support it but at least you're exposed to it at least you can see it and that's i think we need much more of that so i think you're when you have a story like that uh like yours and like snowfall like boys in the hood and like a million other you know juice whatever yeah <laughs> that's a good one yeah <laughs> that but you know, when when people watch it, the hard part is to have people watch it and not think that this is an all-encompassing cartoon of the hood. You know that, that this is you know that it is this is part of the life, but not everybody who looks like this, you know, is partaking in, right, in what exactly. you're seeing on TV. Yeah, exactly. It's all choices, and that's what I. After doing a bunch of that time, there was a moment when I was sitting in the cell. I just get to Donovan after taking that deal for the conspiracy to commit murder. My celly leaves and he goes to medical. So now I'm sitting in there by myself. They have this for the first time in a year. I have a mirror in front of me and I'm looking at my face. And then that's when I looked around. I'm like, there's nobody here. I can't point the finger at the homies. I can't point the finger at my mom. I can't point the finger at the judicial system, the cops, the racist people, whatever I wanted right. to do. I finally understood it was my responsibility and I'm the cause to every effect in my life. And then that's why I was like, okay, everything I've done is by choice. I'm the first first generation gang member. I'm not proud of that. But that also told me like, well, Jonas, you made decisions. You made yeah, choices. Right. You didn't see this growing up. Right. 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 And so I think a lot of us, what, now my thing is like, you have a choice to change. Yeah. And like you were saying with the young people, I also want to give those that are 35, 36, because that's when I yeah. started. You get out of prison, everyone says, F the old guy. You should have already known. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But guess what? No, you can. Because now if you can visualize yourself to maybe God willing, 90 years old, 80 years old, and you're 35, that's still about 45, that's 55 years left yeah. you have in you. Yep. Right? And so that's that's where I want people to switch. Because imagine a father that gets out at 36, and if we don't give him the love or show him how to do it, he's going to continue to lead his son or daughter down the wrong way. Down the same path. Right? And so it's it's I believe it's twofold. <clears throat> No, that's that's good. That's so good, and that's a that's a good focus. H two is 
or 50, 60, get, you know, at whatever point it is, figure it out. Yes. And, and let's, let's show more blueprints. Let's show, you know, the directions. Let's, let's give a GPS to how to, to how to have a better life. And some of it sucks and some of it's demeaning. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's and, true. And right now I'm like, whatever to get you out. However, like you said, sometimes you got to get a job, yeah. right? Go, I'm, I tell people, look, go for the low hanging fruit because as you get the low hanging fruit, then you'll get enough energy and motivation to there get you, you to go. the higher All one. All right. I see you working with your little phrases there. I see, <laughs> I see you working. All right. No, I dig it. Um, yeah. So your, your low hanging fruit was a warehouse job. My low hanging fruit was a warehouse job when I got out. And then after I wrote, written these books, as I'm speaking, I, I wanted to learn more about mentorship. And I had a buddy who owns, uh, who's the CEO of a nonprofit organization. He said, and he was seeing, watching me grow. Okay. And he's like, you know, would you like to be a mentor? So they gave me an opportunity to mentor there. I did that for about a year. Then and what I, did that entail? Uh, just talking to people that have a similar life experience, right? Learning to be relatable, finding out what it is that, how can I be of service to them? Yeah. Right. And let them know you're not alone and still, Still letting them know that you can still be cool by being a square. It's okay. Yeah. That's because a lot of us, we have this facade of we don't want to be like the rest of everybody else. Right. But I'm like, look, check it out. Your boy cool as hell. Check me out. Right. You know, <laughs> I'm still cool. And I like to leverage our bravado that we did when we were breaking um, breaking the rules and doing a league to trans. Like, you, you went to jail for what? For fighting somebody? Well, fight now, fight yourself to beat this addiction. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look at yourself in the mirror. Let's do that. Quit running away from it. Let's run to it. Nice. Don't, yep. Don't run away from the fire. Run towards it. Run towards it. Yep. I feel you. That's good. That's good, man. You're inspiring me. <laughs> I might finish my book after this podcast. Get on, uh, get mine out and get it going. That's right. So you are, uh, your goal is to become a New York Times bestselling author. Do you have a, you're finished with two. Are you started a third one yet? Yeah. I have a couple already ready yeah. to go. Oh, so. ready to go. Yeah. Wow. I'm a, I, what I'm going to do is I'll push this one for a year, right? Okay. Give it its due, due right, worth. Right. I have an emotional intelligence book that um, I'll be dropping for uh, formerly and currently incarcerated individuals. That's the target market. Um, I didn't know as I was going in this journey of self-development that what I was doing was really hit on that spectrum of emotional intelligence, self-awareness, motivating oneself, empathy, right? Yeah. And so um, someone was like, hey, I want you to speak on emotional intelligence. That's when I found out. So I have that book. Um, I'm also going to do a four series of quotes, right? One, one, it'll be, um, one will be strictly for mindset quotes. Then you'll be one for spiritual quotes, one for, you know, uh, physical and one for finance. And I'll drop that out. It'll be hood proverbs, quote something, volume one, two, three, four. Proverbs with a Z. Yeah. Probably, you know, it's proverbs with a Z. We can't get any more hood than that. Right. (laughs) It's all good in the hood. So yeah. And, but the big one is. I have another book called From a Street Life to a Complete Life. Um, mm. So that's my journey. And then I, I, the one I would love to go to New York best time, I'll put it out there in the universe now. Please it's called, do it. Um, do it. It's called How Do I Kill Mr. Fuck It? Because when I was drinking, anytime I'd have a sip in it, guess who comes out? Mr. Fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. I'll do it. Yeah. Fuck it. It doesn't matter. Fuck it. I'll be a dick. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Right? And so how do I kill that person? And so that would be, that's what I'm going for. All right. Wow. So, um, so what's your day look like right now? Wake up in the morning. What do you do? Wake up in the morning, two forty-five. So I've been up since two forty-five a.m. I go alarm. Alarm. Yes, I need okay. an alarm. Okay. <laughs> I need alarm, but my alarm is maybe ten feet away from me, so it makes me get, get out up. my bed. Yep. 
right? Yep. And so I've been doing that now for about f- three, four years, at least at that time. At that time, about three years, 2.45 a.m. Get up, say my affirmations, brush my teeth, I'll go run. So I'll go run maybe two miles. Um, I've been incorporating now because I feel like I got a little, put a little weight on since my vacation from Holland. <laughs> so I'm doing burpees, but I work out. I work out for an hour. Then I, I write um, in my journal. I plan my day so 2:45 out. So 2.45 affirmations, work out for an hour, three, about four, about 4.30. F- yeah, about four I do, um, I'm writing in my journal. Okay. I meditate on occasions. I'm not as consistent as I like to. Right. Meditate prayer. Then I write and plan my day. Because I realize if I fail to plan, I plan to fail. I need structure. That's one thing I learned about. Although I hated prison, it gave me structure. Mm-hmm. And as I was able to dissect that part you of my life, prison, I like didn't you? I did at no, the I'm time. <laughs> no, I listen. When you think that's the pinnacle of that's your true. career, that's true. That's true. Right? Yep. I hadn't even I, looked at it. You that get way. what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. you go to prison. You you made You've it. You made it. Right. I'm the guy now. Right. Although I wasn't, but right. I'm like, I'm, oh, I'm everything I ever wanted to be. How <laughs> stupid. Right. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, I do that for an hour, I, and then. By from five to six, I'm working on me though. Like what I mean by me is my own quote unquote selfish project. So if that's writing a book, if that's whatever it may be, um, speech outlines by YouTube, whatever it is, I'm right. doing that. No interruptions. I'm not doing no work stuff. I'm not doing more. I'm closed off. Okay. And then at six o'clock, my life, then I give my life to the world. Whatever that may be, helping my wife with the kids, taking my kids to school, getting ready to go to work, meetings, this, that, speaking, whatever, facilitating programs, whatever that may be. Okay, 2.45. 2.45. What time do you go to bed? About 9, 9.30. <laughs> yeah. Some might say that's not the healthiest way to live. It's not, but this is my thing right now. I uh, messed off 20 years of my life. So, Tony, you're already ahead of me. But guess what? While you sleeping, I'm hoping to gain just a little bit. I'm 20 years. I'm 60. Yeah, so you're what, 20 years, yeah. 17, and you never went to jail, so you never had That's a pause. True. So even if I were to get in the same breath as you, this is my mindset. Well, I got to I gotta work while he sleep. Because yeah. I already have a life, so I can't just stop right. in the middle of right. my life. I got to wake up earlier now. So that's, you know, maybe eventually it gets to six and a half, seven hours. But right now, I'm in go mode. I've already messed up too much. <laughs> I hear you. Well, so, and just so you got a lot of room, because I got 20 years started. I got no jail or prison, and I get up at pretty much like at five. So you're not gaining too much time. No. All right. I'm not. So don't eat. Don't aspire. Come on. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get set a little your, bit. Set your, just, set your slice a little hey, more. I'm All just right. trying to get a little bit. But somebody my age, they might not be getting up this early, right? No, they're not. And that's the thing. And I mean, I'm up by about five every day, no mm-hmm. alarm, and uh, and the good days. And again, it's that thing. I'm the guy. I'm the guy who gets up at five with no alarm, and. And when sometimes I want to go back to sleep, sometimes I want to be, you know, whatever. And I remind myself that I'm that guy. And then so I get to confidently say, I remember when I, when I would go to 7-Eleven, I used to every day go to 7-Eleven and coffee, big, you know, whatever. It's just part of the habit. And a newspaper. I'd always get the newspaper USA Today and read it when USA Today came out. And when I was going through healthy phases, which have been on and off through my life, I'd see someone with coffee and a donut and I go, I'm glad I'm not that guy. And I would, and I would not like, I don't, I don't care. Do your thing. But in my head, it made me feel better. It made me feel superior. It made me feel at least I'm not starting my day with coffee and a donut. And then many, many, many days started with coffee and a donut (laughs) between then. But then I see somebody and it's funny how we look at it because you see somebody with a salad or an apple or a banana or something like, man, I think they're so cool. They think, (laughs) 
Who did they think you're better than me? Right. I got coffee and a donut. So, and that's the perspective you learn in life is, is I have a coffee and a donut every now and then. It's just not bad, but try to be the guy who eats a little healthier, who sleeps a little longer. That's for you. Sleep a little longer. <laughs> the guy who works a little harder, the guy, you know, try and be that guy and don't worry that the haters, and they're going to be plenty. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> are going to say, oh, he thinks he's so cool or he thinks he's so funny or he thinks he's so smart or he thinks he's so good. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. And if you think I think I'm better than you, then I probably am because mm. you think you're worse than me. Be mm. You know, if you're if that's what you think, yeah. that you think I think I'm better than you, that means you have a low opinion of yourself. I want you to think you're better than me at everything. I want everybody to think they're better than everybody at everything. Be as good as you can be all the time. Right. You know, and, and if, if you feel threatened because somebody else is doing something good, that's not a me problem. That's a you look in that's the mirror problem, problem, you know, and you got to figure out why somebody else's success or somebody else's happiness rubs you the wrong way. Yeah. You know, it makes you, oh, they're just too happy. Nobody's that happy. They have to be faking it. I'd rather be faking happy until I get happy than bitching about somebody else being happy. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. And, so. and that's a... That's a key that you said it because a lot of us, I'm gonna say us, meaning those that lived in that in the street life, there's that loyalty, right? <clears throat> and so your friends will be the first one that's gonna sit here and talk about you. And I'm not gonna lie, it kind of deterred me at certain points of in this journey. Like, damn, like you guys don't even every time I come around, oh, you think you're better because you you don't drink? I'm like, bro, that's not even right. the case. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I just can't handle it no more. You yep. do what you do. Yep. Yep. But just know, like you said, the haters is going to be there. We got to be able to push through the hate, you know, and get to that other end. But it gets, I'm not, I don't know about you, but it was lonely for me in certain periods, you know, yeah. certain little parts of my life. It gets lonely. But I'm okay with that if that loneliness means that I get the opportunity to grow more. Yeah. No, it's good. That's, and it's good. And it's, again, ideally we would all reach our haters and turn them into non-haters or likers or whatever you want to call them but in lieu of that just don't let them dull your shine mm -hmm. you know don't don't let them dull your shine you just keep shining uh, all right that is going to do it for this segment we have one more short segment we're going to learn a few things about his guilty habits his tv shows and of course what he would do if you're sentenced to the electric chair and i've never had anybody on the show this close to being sentenced to a capital crime so luckily he turned around and he won't be sentenced so we'll have to deal with it theoretically i will be right back with my guest jonas royster and his two books out and four more coming yes all right we'll be right back and we're back jonas royster is uh been to prison and luckily did not have to face the electric chair but we're gonna give him an opportunity to see what he would have done if given that choice but before that you like to golf hike I do like to golf. I like to golf because, funny thing is, I used to do it to escape from the streets. And so I would get in nature. I'm four hours away. I'm not paranoid anymore. Okay. Now, when so, you, you, how did you golf in the. My father in law. My father in law okay. put. He, I thought I was a great golfer because I played t Tiger Woods. Oh. And so I was, oh my gosh, video game. I right. Was, yeah. And he's like, Easy. well, come out here. <laughs> Yeah, right. I was, oh my gosh. So that became a journey, right? And it be, I realized it was me versus me. Mm -hmm. Had no one to yep. blame. Yep. And I like being, that's when I found my love for nature. Being okay. around the birds, things of that nature. So now now I like to hike. I like to go on these trails and do different things. I'm really in tune with, I love looking at the birds and the butterflies and the yeah. plants. That's it's grounding, man. It's it grounding. is. Is that what it is? Because yeah. it gets me every it time. It's grounding. It, it 
connects you to the earth and to the you know nature and the world yeah and it's good um what about bungee jumping and skydiving how many oh. times have you done that well bungee jump twice skydive okay. twice i'm going skydive again probably this month's kind of booked i've already booked my groupon okay <laughs> <laughs> so i'll be going probably next month see i've been on and off about skydiving maybe uh who are you going with uh, you. All right. <laughs> you ready? All right. I, 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 <laughs> you know what? My birthday's in September. Is it? Let's do it in September. Okay. All I'm, right. I'm serious. I'm dead serious too. Right, I love it. It'll be it. my third time. So I try be to my go. First time. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, bungee jumping. I've done a half dozen times. Oh, have you? Yeah. That one right fun. there is that gets me. So yeah. I did at the Del Mar Fair my first time like I don't know years ago, six right. years ago, and then I just did it recently, like a couple weeks ago when I was in Holland. Um, and that scared the shit out of me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, it's funny. What got me the first time I jumped, I forget where I was. Oh, it was 30 years ago. Cause a friend of mine took me for my 30th birthday and he goes, uh, we're going bungee jumping for your 30th birthday. So we went and I was full of mostly bravado, but I, you know, you see a thousand people, you figure every, you, you know, at the end it's going to be all right. So I jump and I sail down and I, and I, it's not a jerk, you know, it's, it, it'll turn you around, but right. it doesn't hurt or snap you or anything like that. I'm like, Okay. I made it good, and it brings you back up, and I'm completely relaxed. And then you drop again. Yes, <laughs> and that's when the one that got me. Like, holy shit, help! What? Because <laughs> I was mentally just closed off for the first one, and then I relaxed, and then the second one got me. But it's fun. I, I really enjoy. It. I took all my kids uh, bungee jumping. They did it. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they had a good time with it. But we'll see if. Hey, you might have a you might have a, a posse if I bring my kids. Uh, see if any of them are interested in going skydiving. Skydiving. Let's yeah. go. All right, I'm. I'm serious. I I need you to hold me to that. Okay. <laughs> All right. It has come that you did not turn your life around. Mm. After your trials and tribulations and mistakes, you ended up committing a capital crime and you have been convicted. You have an opportunity to have a last movie, final meal while you watch that movie, and a final song to put in your headphones as they play you out. What is going to be your movie? Um, Pursuit of Happiness. Okay. The pursuit of happiness, because I probably wouldn't be that happy right there. No, no. <laughs> I'd but be thinking about my son. That's got a lot of that sad moments in it. It does. It and does. The name, don't let the name fool you. No. Because it, it's got some, I mean, it's a triumph, triumphant story. It is, but it, it, it would touch me emotionally when I first watched it. Right. And it all, that's, it gave me a little bit of a kickstart of thinking about my son's life when I yeah. was doing that thing. So okay. that would probably bring me back to that moment. Okay. And then uh, for dinner? I put sushi, right? But as we're talking, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to die. I'm about to get me a carne cider burrito, sour cream and cheese. You know, matter of fact, make it a California. Put the French fries the fri in there. Get the, get the fries in there, in there right? <laughs> With pico de gallo. And that would be it. Okay. All right. So you're swapping out the sushi. Yeah, I'm swapping out the sushi. That's a little too delicate right there. I need now, something that's going to really hold in my stomach. Your, your drink, you said, was going to be a shot of Nagori sake. You sticking with that? No, what? it's going to be a shot of Hennessy then. Okay. <laughs> if I'm dying and I've been sober all this time, right. guess what? I'm going to have me a shot. One last shot One before last I go. Shot. I'm not going to do nothing stupid. I'm going to be dead. Right. So. I was going to say, no, you don't have to drive home. I don't have to drive home <laughs> do nothing, right? All so, right. yeah. And then uh, what song are they going to put in your headphones? What did I put? Uh, you tell me what you think, and I'll remind you what you think. <laughs> well, one of the reasons I like this question, honestly, is because you answer in a spot where you are. Where you are at the right? moment. And then sometimes it's a, you're in a different spot. Um, honestly, probably I, just the two of us. That's what you put. Just the two That's of us. Now, the original or Will Smith's version? Oh, the original. Okay. The, oh, Will, Will Smith's is not bad, though. Come it, on now. He's good, but, but it, he can't, doesn't beat the original. No. But it's... uh. 
Now you've heard of Will, the Will Smith one, right? I, I believe I have. First I don't. Time the doctor placed you in my arms. That's oh, I can tell you really, that was on your playlist. That, huh? It was on when, I, when my son, when my son, because it came out right when my son was born. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, because it, you know, it just talks about having a kid. Right. And that that touched me. It would it wouldn't be my song, but it was definitely on the playlist. But the just two of us the original is yeah. definitely the call. That helps me. It, it's just that song grounds me. It puts me in a good place. And uh, I think about my wife at that. You know what I mean with that song. Nice, nice. So uh, that is going to do it. Let's hit your socials one more time. Yeah. So Jonas Rush on Instagram. That's J O N A S R O Y S T R. Jonas, like the brothers, put that on Facebook. Um, my website www.jonasroyster.com and if you want to follow me on TikTok that's hood proverbs with a Z you know we put the Z on it to keep it as hood as possible <laughs> hood proverbs yes yeah, <laughs> uh, and then you got something uh, dropping in August what day I'm sorry the 12th August yeah August 12th, 12th um, listen y'all you know, let's support, you know, changing our lives by changing our habits, by changing our things. Support me in, in, in my goal um, in being an Amazon bestseller. And that's the book, Quotes Off the Wall, 31 Days to Break Bad Thinking Habits and Embrace Positivity. August 12th, that will be on your ebook. 99 cent, man. You spend 99, 99 cent at Taco Bell. Come just spend extra it. cheese. Just a little bit, you know, right. extra I mean, cheese. That's, extra, that's extra cheese. That's not even a meal. That's not even a meal, man. 99 cents. I promise you, I promise you, I'm going to buy it. I appreciate so make sure uh, you don't remind me to, you don't forget to remind me to go skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw Off the Wall, I thought it might have been a reference to Michael Jackson's first album. First album? Yeah. That's a like, good album. Oh, off the Wall. Man, we, we played that thing over and over on the turntable and with a <laughs> needle that would just go back and forth and we'd flip it over and play the other side for an hour. It was, that was a good album. Mama Say, Mama Saw, Mama Monty Saw. That's where that came from. Well, that's embarrassing. Mama Say, Mama Saw, Mama Kusa was famously from Wannabe Starting Something from Thriller, not Off the Wall. Unforgivable mistake by your host. Thriller, not Off the Wall. Anyway, Michael Jackson wrote that indelible lyric <laughs> many, many years ago. My guest today, Jonas Royce, has been a pleasure. Had a good time. Author, inspirational speaker. Check him out on all platforms. Jonas Royster. Just like it's spelled. Jonas Brothers. Royster like Rolls Royster. Kind of. R-O-Y-S-T-E-R. Thanks for coming in, man. Say goodnight to the folks. Hey, man. It's been a pleasure. Y'all be good. Okay. And we're going to... Uh, you'll hear about our skydiving on another podcast. I do these updates every now and then of just stuff that's going on in my life. And skydiving will definitely make the cut. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Tony in La Mesa. La Mesa. Outro. 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 And that's going to do it for another episode of Tony on the Mic. You can find more episodes at TonyOnTheMic.com. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the TikToks. All those platforms are being slowly filled with quality entertainment product. Also, you can reach out to the show if you have a guest idea. And we're also looking for sponsors and supporters. So check us out at Patreon as well. Thanks for listening to Tony on the Mic. 